This episode is brought to you by State Farm. If you're a small business owner, you know that it isn't just your business, it's your life. And whatever your business might be, you want someone who understands. That's why you might want to check out State Farm Small Business Insurance. Why? Because State Farm agents are small business owners too, living and working in your community. That means they know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right. $25 a month? Every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just Visible. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com. Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, Editor-at-Large of Recode. You may know me as someone who is constantly surrounded by tall men. Thank God everyone is the same height on Zoom. But in my spare time, I'm just a reporter. And you're listening to Recode Decode, a podcast about power change and the people you need to know were part of the Vox Media Podcast Network. Today in the red chair, there is no red chair anymore. We have two fan favorites. And it's the last time they're going to be together on this Rico Deco because I'm moving along to another place. First up is Casey Newton from The Verge, who over the past couple of years has done some incredible reporting on Facebook's moderation system that culminated in a $52 million settlement for just a few days ago before we're taping this around content moderators. And joining me from all the way across my house is my older son, Louis Swisher. Louis, Casey. Thank you for having me, Mom. Okay, what about you, Casey? Thanks for having me, Mom. Okay, because you're in my other house in San Francisco. That's right. Casey and Lou have been on the show many times. I want to bring them together uh, just one more last time to talk about issues of the day. So we're going to start off by saying welcome back. There's so much to talk about. This is the pandemic version of this. And I want each of you, I want to start with you, Louie, to talk about how you're looking at like digital issues in the pandemic. What do you, how, is, how has it changed your internet diet or whatever else? I've been using my phone so much more. What do you mean by digital issues? Digital issues. Like, what do you, what, talk about using your phone more. Ignore your mother. Just please try okay. to, like, focus. Well, since I've been stuck at home, um, Hulu, Netflix, video games, YouTube, those yeah. have been my best friends because I can't see my actual friends in person. Yeah. Um, I use Snapchat a lot to talk to people. Uh, I text a lot. I FaceTime a lot. So I've just using, been using my phone more and more and more. Like I so just, mostly the phone, not the computer. Mostly the phone and the computer, just everything, you know? Like, because you're just stuck at home, what else are you going to do? Well, read a book. But anyway, um, so, so uh, how do you like it? How do you, you obviously you want to be with your friends? You're missing your senior year. This is just yeah, it is, sucks. It but, sucks. Yeah. Um, you know, I can't control it, so it's not on me to like. I don't really feel bad about it because I can't control it. But um, I think you know it does suck, and so people go on their phones a lot. I've gotten tired of my phone. I've gotten tired of like watching TV all day. So uh-huh. I've gotten into new things like exercise, um, hanging out with my little brother, which is yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and doing other things, you know, to distract myself from the biggest distractor, the phone. So right. So how do you like interacting with your friends on the phone? Is it is it you know? I mean, you have I'm a so used to it. I'm what so you, used to it growing up, like texting people and FaceTiming people and Snapchatting people. So it's not that much of a difference. It's just a lot more of it. And it's all you've got. It's all you've got. Pretty much, except for you guys, you know. Yeah, I know. You're sick of your pod mates. I know that. I know that's the situation. Are you in your school? Like, you're still in school, right? Like, you're learning things? Um, No, because I'm a senior, we finished May 1st. So I've just oh. been relaxing since then. But before right, but what, then. Before that, had, talk about before that. Well, before that, we had like a lot of projects. Uh, we had our senior thesis. We had just about a major project from every single class. So that was a lot of work to do, especially through Zoom classes and online. It was difficult, um, but it was doable. And um, it's past me now. So, yay. All right. So, assess <laughs> Zoom versus classes themselves. How did you like oh, classes Zoom? Classes in person are way better. Zoom is just like nobody pays attention. Like, like what, what yeah. were you doing? What were you doing not paying attention? I was mostly on my phone during Zoom classes. I'm sorry, <laughs> teachers. I'm sorry. Um, I was listening. I was listening. But um, a lot, of, not just me, a lot of people would like mess around with Zoom, do different backgrounds. I don't think it's a very intriguing environment for students. It Why doesn't is really, that? Why is that? Well, because it's like you're just staring at your computer when you could be looking at like 
anything else on the computer. Like uh-huh. you're just looking at your class, you're listening to your teacher lecture you through the computer when you could just be like playing, I don't know, like Papa's Freezeria or some other online game. <laughs> <laughs> During class. I'm so During glad. During class. Yeah. I'm I mean, so they can't glad. tell. They really can't tell now because they're not with you. So Yeah. Yeah. And in class, well. let me just be clear. They have this like pouch that you put your phones in, right? When you go into classes. Well, they kind of, in, they introduced that like halfway through my high school career, but yeah. no, most teachers didn't use that. Okay, so what did you, but you couldn't use your phones in class, right? Yes, you could, if you were slick. Okay, well, how, okay. <laughs> but you didn't do it a lot. No, like. I didn't, I didn't, because I actually enjoyed my classes, especially these past two years. So would you push online education a lot? Do you think it's ready for prime time? Well, I mean, what else can we do? We can't go back to school, so I think right now it's a doable option, but in the future... It'd be a lot better just to go back to online classes or to normal classes um, and just to go back to the way things were. I think online classes are a good surrogate, but they're not a, the best option. What would you prefer? What would you prefer in, them to In be person. Like? I, would I know, but if it wasn't in person, online, if it had to be online, what I would mean, you I mean, no, like? this is the best we can do right now. Unless they is can't. it? Is it? What about VR? What about what would if you had a VR? I don't think anybody. I don't think everybody can afford a VR headset, mom. Right. Okay. I figured that, but I'm saying if you just imagine everyone could, what would be the best way to do classes in an online environment? I don't know. Something better than Zoom. That's above my pay grade. I don't. I don't come up with those ideas. (laughs) Casey, what do you think about these things? Well, so. I mean, one, my my heart is broken for anyone who is in high school or college right now and they're missing out on the big milestones, you know, the prom, the the graduation ceremony, the the grad night type stuff. So um, that, that is really sad. There's this whole other question, though, of like, what is the future of college? And I'm super curious to know, like, Louie, how you're thinking about a first year at a new school in the fall yeah. that likely is all going to be on Zoom as, as well. Like, what's that going to be like? And what I think they should do? just cancel the semester and push it all back a semester, yeah. honestly. I would so rather a, a start... Here. Maybe. I mean, I would rather just start college in person than on Zoom. Like, that's going to be really weird. Um, not really looking forward to that. But Do you want to um, do it? We haven't really talked about this. I mean, I, I, if, I, if I have to do it, I have to do it. But right. I don't really want to. I'd rather start college in person. You know, because that's right. a very... It's a very large experience in someone's life, and I would appreciate to be able to be there in the classroom. Yeah, also, like, you know, the whole, like, first month of college is about landing in a dorm and just making friends with everyone who's randomly assigned to live next to you, right? And I just don't know how you recreate any of that part of college, which is at least half of the experience, you know, if you're just, you know, doing, you know, I don't know, class projects on Zoom. Yeah, it can't really be done. We have to have a longer discussion about this, but would you still do it nonetheless and be an NYU online student? Um, Well, I don't really want to go to New York right now because of everything that's going on. But if I have to, then I will. I'd rather not, but if I have to, I will. Let me get back to high school. Would you? What do you think about this idea of a virtual prom or a virtual no. graduation? No, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Why? No. Um, because why? Why would I want to do a virtual? You could dance prom? with me. You could uh, dance with well, me. We can always dance, mom. Yeah, that's it's hard, true. But it's I harder mean, to get drunk at a virtual prom because your mom is always going to be right around the corner. You know. Oh, Casey. <laughs> oh, Casey. Oh, Casey. <laughs> Is that what you did at your prom? <laughs> no, I was I was a I was a I was a very good boy and I didn't I didn't drink until like like uh like a couple of weeks after I graduated from high school. Uh but So wait, who know. did you go to the prom with, Casey? Uh I went to the prom with Rosemary Serena and you know everyone just you know sort of agreed to pretend that I was not a homosexual and it was very sweet. Uh, okay. Uh yeah, uh-huh. it was, but it was it was fun. I had a good time at the prom. Good, good. So, what about graduation, Louis? I mean, what if they're what are they doing? They're they're deciding whether to do it in July or yeah. So, November? my school's deciding whether or not it's going to do it in like August or July over Thanksgiving break, over winter break, or over or during the class of twenty twenty one's graduation. And oh, nobody I know come, wants to do it then. Well, nobody, you don't want to come back. Do you want to do it even in November? If I'm already to- like a year into college, just screw my graduation. I'd rather not have it. <laughs> right. Okay. All right. Okay. And but what 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 do you imagine? How would you would you like a socially? If they do it in person, they may have to do it socially distanced so that you're by. You know, have you ever seen those naval graduations? The six no. feet apart and they're wearing masks. Do you does that appeal to you as a? As a I mean, I, I I guess, but how important is walking across the stage to get a diploma? As long as you get the diploma. Well, some people think it's important. Some people think it's very important. It is what it is. I mean, to me, it's not the most important thing. So. 
it'd be nice to have a graduation, but under you know the current circumstances, I don't really see it as a necessity. So let me ask you the last question on this topic. So what do you feel like you've lost? You don't, you haven't done this, but do you grieve this or what? How do you feel about it? I've I mean, lost I my you're... youth, mom. I feel like I've lost my youth. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think what I've lost is just like for the past four years, every class in front of me has hyped up this part of senior year, like the second half of senior year. Yeah. And um, it's non-existent for me, which is fine. Yeah. Um, it sucks. It really does suck. Uh, I wish I could have had it, but the most I can do right now is just stay safe, socially distance, and do my part to ensure the general public health. Like, I'm not going to get that upset about it because there's nothing I can really do to control it. And I find like a sense of like relief in that, that there's not much I can do except for, you know, do my part to yeah. stay healthy. That's very mature. Um, thank you. But I I don't know. I'm not going to like just complain. I'd rather not complain. So All right. Okay. Well, you can complain a little bit to me. I'm I don't mind. So Casey, how do you think Zoom is doing? How do you imagine like look at these 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 are very less than uh ideal circumstances for any of this stuff. But how do you think it's working out for people at work and yourself and everything else cuz we all have to do this. We're on Squadcast now. We usually do these interviews in person and right. have a lunch afterwards for I example. miss it. I, miss I know. It, yeah. I, I miss it too, and and it will come back. Um, I think one of the big stories of the pandemic has been the way that tech has kept us together, and um, and Zoom obviously has been a huge part of that. They were not expecting this. It's been great for their business, and you know, it's enabled me to keep doing my job. It's enabled the people at you know all of the big tech companies to keep doing their job. Although you know, sometimes they're using their own flavor of video conferencing. But I'll tell you, I've like seen some products that are kind of still in beta right now that build on what Zoom is doing that are just like way better. And I think that a year beta from with now, who? Big companies? Beta uh, with- kind of small startups that are looking at what Zoom is doing and saying, what could we add on to this? Like what would make online classes easier? Or what would make um, like online presentations or even entertainment better in, in a Zoom kind of world? Um, mm-hmm. And I think a year from now, the stuff you're going to be able to do in video conferencing is going to make what we're doing today look uh, incredibly primitive. And what what would that entail? What would that entail? So, you know, right now, the only thing you can do on Zoom to liven things up is have a virtual background, right? (laughs) Um, Yeah. But what, what if you, you could import? What, you, what did you do? Louis just snickered. What are you snickering? <laughs> what was your background, Louis? Um, I heard like a lot of people got notes home at my school, like from written because of their backgrounds and their choice of background because it wasn't very school Zoom appropriate. What's the most inappropriate Zoom background that you saw in class? I don't think I could say it on here. Say it. <laughs> oh, go wow. ahead. All right, just text go me ahead. later. Go then. say it. No, All say right, it. I will, what is Casey. it? What is it? What is it? Say it. Um, no, it's just like a screenshot from a porno. That's that's. <laughs> oh well, I got you know I got porn bombed. I got porn bombed. Did you really? You know, that's oh, right. Yeah, on you're Zoom. still recovering oh. from that. No, Jessica Lesson is still recovering. I was perfectly <laughs> fine with it because I lived with you, Casey. Um, oh, yeah. No, <laughs> no, it was it was real dirty porn. I have to say, I was like, whoa, that's dirty porn. And it was in the middle of a talk about feminism, essentially. That, that, and that that's is great. So, we shouldn't laugh. Yeah. We shouldn't laugh at that. Well, uh, you know, Jessica was like, oh, what? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, we're getting Zoom bombed. And then she turned everything off. It was, it was funny. <laughs> it was, I do not. Officially endorse Zoom bombing. I yeah, there was a, there was a lot of like really terrible, harmful, hurtful Zoom bombing. It happened to what me very bombing? early on. That's they when put, you like take over someone else's screen and broadcast porn. Yeah, oh. don't you have to be a participant though? In the no, Zoom call? if you don't put the right features, if you don't put the right yeah. strictures on it, anybody can take over the screen. And people didn't know how to use Zoom because it's been an enterprise project, right? Mm, so, okay. So. Oh, I think I heard about I heard about a. I saw a screenshot of an email from an NYU professor out to their class about just that on Instagram. Yeah, and the other one is 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 setting up your younger brother was talking about they sign in as different names like Mel Lester uh, <laughs> Mo, or Mo Lester, excuse oh, yeah. me, and different things like that. They have different names, and that's he thinks funny. that's hysterical. He told me once that his friend brought in his out-of-school friend into their school Zoom call, and he just asked a bunch <laughs> of ridiculous questions. Yeah, yeah, stuff like that. Stuff like that. It's not a very good environment for that. Anyway, anyway, back to Casey. Casey, so you, yeah. so you think there's going to be like, what would that entail? Like, how would it be better? How can what's the paradigm beyond these like boxes, like the Brady Bunch? Yeah. So just think about all the things that you do 
in a real world meeting that you can't do on Zoom, right? Like in a real world, you might have a whiteboard, right? In a, um, you know, you, you might have a way for people to exchange ideas more easily. Um, you know, maybe you could bring in other kinds of media, you know, whether it's video or audio and do something that felt a little bit more theatrical, right? Think about all the entertainers right now whose only livelihood is performing on Zoom and think about how little, you know, they can do via that and, and what might be useful to them. So I just think you're going to see people take all of these like real world analogs and turn them into software and build that either into Zoom directly or to create competitors. Right. And so w what about the Facebooks and the Googles of the world doing this? Like they, yeah. now Google has had a product in the office and Facebook has sort of had a product or not. T talk about those because that was controversial. As usual, Google created like 17 teams to build 17 nearly identical products and release them under very confusing names. And so, yes. they, so they're like kind of trying to consolidate everything right now into something called Meet uh, that is basically just a Zoom clone and that has recently rolled out. And then Facebook has a product called Rooms, which was supposed to come out a couple of weeks ago. I think it's finally going to start rolling out within the next uh, week or two. Um, but the idea there is basically Zoom, but you'll be able to access it from your Facebook newsfeed or Facebook Messenger or Instagram or WhatsApp. And the way it'll work is you'll be bored at home. So, you know, Louis's bored at home. He wants to catch up with his friends. So he'll just create a room and then his friends will say like, oh, Louis's hanging out. I'll just hop into this room and, you know, we'll we'll chat. And that was a, um, an idea that was pioneered by a company called House Party. Uh, which yeah, that is House Party. Right. I was about to say. Yeah. That, is, yeah. that is exactly House Party. Yeah. Also, wait, Casey... So Wait, what, what reality do you think me and my friends are on Facebook? Well, you said you were on Snap. You know, you're. Yeah, you're, you know, we're, you're just, we're, just playing, we're just playing Animal Farm. We're having a good time. <laughs> yeah, okay, well, there you go. So, yeah, wherever the heck you are, you know, you'll have some way of, of dropping in and, and spending time with each other. All right, let me just beg the question, which Louis did ask very presciently yeah. is it's house party, it's ripping people off, it's Zoom. Yeah. Why do these people suddenly, like, they're late to the pandemic party, one, and two, they look like big giant bullies moving in on a like they can't possibly just stay out of it. And why didn't they innovate before? Go ahead, Louis. Wait, doesn't you? Google Hangouts also exist? Why do they need a new, like, a new feature? Well, they they had they had a bunch of products in the market, and it was very confusing. And you know, some of them were for consumers, and some of them were for businesses, and nobody really knew what was what. I mean, it was it was like the classic mistake that Google always makes. Um, but, you know, I mean, when it comes to Facebook, I think Facebook is basically just said at this point, if another social behavior or activity becomes popular, we are going to copy it. Like they regard any other social interaction on the Internet that they do not own as an existential threat and they're going to copy it until somebody tells them that that's illegal. Well, oh, also, Mark. oh, Mark, oh, <laughs> Mark, oh, Mark. But really, seriously, come on. This was yeah. like so egregious. It was like egregious. I was like, are you kidding me? Google, the people from Google wrote me saying, I can't believe you didn't know all our products. And I said the same thing. You're a bunch of confusing. I know they yeah. were there. I just couldn't find them. Right. But then they had no or, marketing or any interface that made sense. I thought they were Hangouts. What is what is the other one? What was it called? Uh, there's Meet? Meet and Hangouts Meet? and Hangouts Whatever. Meet and Buzz uh, and Wave. They were trying to explain the difference. And yeah. I said, because you need to explain the difference is the problem. Are they going to get in trouble for doing this? Like going after Zoom now, going after House Party, going after like, is there any idea that they can have on their own that is not shoplifted? No. Yeah, I mean, I think... Uh like this is this is the one of the the best and most enduring criticisms of Facebook is that it's had a couple of really great ideas over its run. You know, the newsfeed was a really great, clever idea, but you know, since then, most of its good ideas have been uh, acquired or copied, and. Um, you know, I think the long-term risk of that isn't so much they're going to be told you can't do that as it is people are going to choose not to work for that company because they're going to feel like they can't do really creative work or, you know, the creative work that they do there is is going to get squashed. So um, I think that's the the real risk. Um, but, but you know, I, I think your point gets to something else that I'm paying a lot of attention to right now, which is because all these tech companies are the only thread holding society together right now, they're getting enormously powerful. And because yes. we're relying them every Every single day, topic. and we have no real alternatives. Like we're going to come out on the other side of this, and Amazon, Apple, Google, Facebook—they are going to be stronger than ever. Wow! I wrote a whole three New York Times columns on this. Anyway, uh, yeah. we're with Casey Newton and Louis Swisher. We are going to talk about the power of tech companies. We're also going to talk about what stuff is coming up when we take a quick break after this. 
Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right. $25 a month? Every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just Visible. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com. Support for this show comes from Slack. You're a growing business, and you can't afford to slow down. If anything, you could probably use a few more hours in the day. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. We're back with Casey Newton and Louis Swisher, who are giving me a hard time by making noise with microphones and sniffles. In any case, Casey, get to that point. This is a topic I've been like saying they're going to be bigger, stronger than ever. They've done a good job in a lot of things. They're doing like uh, things like giving the rich people are giving money away. They're doing contact tracing. You know, you're using you know Amazon delivery. Uh, all this. How how do you feel about this? And I'm Louis, I'd love to know how you feel about these tech companies like Amazon becoming even more powerful in our lives because you're a huge Amazon user. Casey first. So look, I mean, for the past three years, we've been having this discussion about the tech companies getting too big and too powerful. We've seen some calls to break them up, right? That was basically the heart of Elizabeth Warren's campaign. And I think heading into 2020, there was a lot of momentum behind this idea that, hey, maybe Facebook will have to spin off Instagram. Maybe Amazon will have to spin off AWS. And then... Then, then the pandemic came along. And all of a sudden, we needed these companies more than ever. And they had a once-in-a-generation chance to prove that their size was beneficial to the world, right? And so if you're Mark Zuckerberg or you're Jeff Bezos, this is not a crisis that you're going to waste. You're going to do everything you can to prove that it is your size that is a, a benefit to the world. And, you know, they're, they're making that case right now. Has and- it worked? Has it worked? How are they doing that? Yeah. So, well, we haven't really seen any polling about how people feel about that, but um, I I expect we will see some soon. And I expect that people will generally feel more positive about these companies, although it's interesting in the case of Amazon uh, because their service has been so bad, right? It's uh, And for totally understandable reasons, but you order anything on Amazon and it costs twice as much as it used to and it comes two weeks later than it used to. So I think their like consumer sentiment is going to go down a little bit. Um, but, you know, how, how are they magnifying their power, Louis? Well, it's like all of a sudden every store in your neighborhood is closed and the only way to buy anything is to go to, you know, uh, an online retailer. And for most people, that's going to be Amazon.com, at least in the United States. Or um, go to a grocery store owned by Amazon.com or Walmart. Yes. Or the, you know, these, Walmart can sell surfboards even though they're not essential. And now the surfboard shop can't open, for example. Yeah. For, yeah. for example. So, how, Louis, how do you feel about like Amazon and the home delivery? You were doing a lot of that. You do a lot of takeout. Another thing I is actually, takeout. I actually haven't. I've been recently, I used, I actually did more ordering food before this whole pandemic started. Like, I've been cooking a lot at home. I've uh, been more yes, self sufficient about that, you know, just trying to limit outside contact. But I think it, it is a little scary considering how, like, how much these companies are going to grow and like taking our vulnerability and our, like, you know, just using that to their advantage. Um, how do you feel about these big tech companies? I mean, how do you... I mean, you, I don't know. Do I've grown think? up under them, so or as they've gotten bigger. I remember when uh, Facebook bought Instagram, and I didn't really think of it. But, like, now they have, like, an even larger user base. And I think they... I do agree with Warren. I agree with Warren on most things, but I think that um, the big companies should be broken up. Um, I don't think that their size benefits them. Um, I, think it, I think it benefits the people at the top, like Mark Zuckerberg and, you know, all the other CEOs, but I don't think it benefits the average consumer and the average employee. So I think we do rely on them in this time period. But once we get out of it, then we're going to have to take a hard look at these companies and see how. So you're still not, you know, you don't want to thank them and send them flowers. No. What? No. What? <laughs> what? 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 Um, and how do you feel about essential workers? I mean, with these people that have to deliver stuff to you, there's all these controversies around the safety and the health and safety. These people are getting sick. You know, we yeah, can't go no, to our it's, Whole it's, Foods in our neighborhood because it's COVID Whole Foods. Yeah. The New York Times did a really interesting uh, video with a McDonald's. I think it was the New York Times. They did a video yeah. with a McDonald's employee about um, how 
workers should get uh, paid sick leave. And um, it's, it's, it's really interesting because like, I think, you know, they definitely should. And she, one line she said was that if I get COVID, do you want me making your hamburger? Which I thought was interesting. So, um, and scary too. And I thought, no. So um, I think that, you know, it's essential workers because they are essential should be treated as such, um, should be treated with a lot more respect, uh, with higher wages, with compensated sick leave. And yeah, and my girlfriend is actually an essential worker at a grocery store. So, you know, it's, it's a bit concerning to me. I hope that she stays safe and, um, I hope she gets paid more for her work during this time. And she is, but, you know, I think we should treat essential workers as such, you know. What about the big companies? Uh, say Uber now is looking at Grubhub. I don't know if you know that, but Uber is thinking about buying Grubhub, and there's some stories about that. They would have 55% of the delivery market, while DoorDash would have 35%, and they take 30% off the top. Is that right, Casey, uh, of these delivery services? do you? I don't do, know the do, exact number, but yeah, the fees are huge. The fees are huge. Do you think about that at all when you're ordering, Louis? That, no. Like, the, the, no, you no. don't, because they don't make it evident for you to think about like I right. didn't really, I didn't even know about that. Yeah, um, yeah. You don't. I, you don't really often think about the person who's delivering your food, except for like, what are they going to get here? Why are they so late? Or the thank you when you get your food. Um, but I think especially during a time like this, it's important to like take a step back and just appreciate them for their service to you and the community by you know putting their lives and their families' lives at risk and their health at risk. Uh, so that you can get whatever you're ordering. You know, whether or not you need it or not. I think we should all take into consideration how much we're leaving the house, how much things that are outside of the house are coming to us. And, you know, unless it's completely essential, I think we should stop those activities, honestly. Well-trained, Louis Swisher. Fantastic. Thank you. So, Casey, what do you think of this Uber Grubhub thing? Because I think, you know, they'll have an, do you think it'll go through now AOC and Warren? And by the way, Louis Swisher's about to turn 18 tomorrow. Um, and he will be Oh my be gosh, voting. happy he's, birthday, Louis. Yeah, Thank you, Casey. He's, he's going to be voting, and I think Warren is his choice. Uh, yes, uh, she is. I she love is. Elizabeth Warren. Yeah. So um, she and AOC just put forward a, the Pandemic Merger uh, Act that they're trying to get passed, which is to stop uh, uh, mergers during the pandemic that will that, because of the pandemic. And one Uber might fall under this, although Grubhub is not struggling. They're all not struggling. They're all doing great. What's going to happen to Uber Eats then if they buy Grubhub? It will become part of Uber Eats. So they will own the market. They're taking out a competitor, essentially. So, Casey, what do you think? I think it's not going to get through. I, don't, I can't imagine two companies <laughs> you know, owning 90% of the market. So I find the economics of the delivery businesses so confusing because they definitely seem like they're growing. But to my knowledge, they're not particularly profitable. Like, is Uber Eats yeah. profitable? I think it is, yes. Is it profitable? Okay, well, yeah. good for them. Maybe they've just sort of jacked up the fees high enough. But the whole economics of that situation seem really messy to me because of the thing that we were saying earlier, that the fees that they exact from these restaurants are so huge. I think that, uh, I mean, frankly, most of the businesses in San Francisco are probably going to be out of business by the end of the year, even those that are relying on services like this. So, you know, even as we see consolidation in these delivery companies, I think the amount of stuff they have to deliver is just going to decline and we're, you're going to start seeing more of these ghost kitchens. I realize this is a tangent. Travis this is the Callen. best story I've seen. The best story I've seen about this in the past week is that um, Chuck E. Cheese was selling pizza through one of these delivery services, but they'd rebranded it as like Mark's Pizza or something. It was like they were hiding oh, the really? fact that it was Chuck E. Cheese Pizza because they knew oh, people wouldn't order pizza. that to their house, so they just sort of gave it a different yeah. name. Uh, I really, yeah, yeah, that, that's just a tangent. But also, anyway, Ghost I don't Kitchen. Know what Travis Kalanick happen. was in Ghost Kitchens. Isn't he's yes. been in Ghost Kitchens? Yeah, yeah, he's, he's a he's a he's a wily one. You have to watch him. Yeah, yeah, this idea. Um, you know, wh so what do you imagine is going to happen here? Do you think it's going to? I mean, I, every time you think that the U.S. government is going to intervene to prevent a merger from happening or take antitrust action, like nothing happens. So I just sort of always default to nothing's going to happen and the tech companies will get what they want. All right. And in that vein, Louis, you know, you are a cook. You were thinking of doing a, a career in cooking, possibly. You're an excellent cook, by the way. Thank you. He made a delicious meal last night. I got home from something and it was right there. It's amazing. Chicken, he's cooked pasta from scratch and stuff like that. The career in restaurants. Restaurants are really going to be hurt going forward. How do you already were sort of on the fence whether you wanted to work in restaurants, but how do you look at that industry? Like, as as a as a consumer, if people are going to be using these ghost kitchens and delivery and 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 boxed meals and things like that, yeah. Well, um, this pandemic isn't forever, so at some point it's gonna you know everything's gonna go back to some state of normalcy. But um, for the time being, I think that uh, 
Well, I don't know. Like food delivery and food consumption is like the ultimate essential business. Like no matter what happens, that stuff is going to stay around. People are going to be looking out for that. Um, I think definitely restaurants are going to be impacted. I've been watching a lot of videos about how restaurants are like on YouTube um, about how restaurants are operating during the crisis and like what they're doing to like save employees or what they're doing to like deal with the change. Like I heard, I was I was watching this video. I believe it was from. Vice Media um, about this one restaurant that used to have like 115 employees. Now they're down to like 10 and they're just doing like meal kit um, deliveries and they only do one meal a day because it's it would be too much for them to like do all three. And so I think people in that industry right now are going through hell. Like I know a lot of my friends have been furloughed or laid off from their jobs um, at restaurants and it's a really, really tough time. And I think that you know, we will come back from it eventually. But until then, like I said earlier, we need to treat essential workers as essential, you know, pay them well, give them benefits, um, and make sure that the people who are making our food and delivering it to us are protected just as much as we are inside of our homes. Um, So I think it's just important to remember that these are people at the end of the day um, and people who need to have their, like, livelihoods and their health maintained throughout this crisis because everything will go back to normal, but until then. Well, in that vein, UBI, you know, you liked Andrew Yang, too. That was another person you uh, liked. Huh? What was that? You can't. Well, can't I kind of liked Andrew Yang, not really. Okay. But All right, um, okay. I did get to bounce an event of his at Manny's event yes. space in the mission of San Francisco. And I got to yeah. tell a bunch of Andrew Yang fans, no, you can't come in. You're 30 <laughs> minutes late. And they <laughs> did not like that. They did not like that. Um, but. Yeah, he, he's smart. He's smart. Of- At the end of the day, he's very, very smart. Well, I totally what do you think about him. giving people money? Like I don't idea. agree with his freedom dividend, but I think universal basic income is a must-have. It's I a think. big tech thing. It's a big tech idea, you know. Well, it's a big idea to- for the people who can afford it, you know. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think it's something that definitely needs to be mandated or assisted by the government. But I totally agree with the $15 an hour minimum wage, the one right now. It hasn't, it hasn't been increased federally in like 10 or 15 years, right? And that's, that's something like that, yeah. yeah. It's, that's, not, that's not competent. That's not good. We can't do that. Um, you know, going into college and then luckily going into college and then going into the workforce soon, I want to be able to make sure that not just me, but everyone around me has, you know, a sustainable income. So it's really important to have... Uh, like some type of mandate to make sure that everybody's paid a living wage, a fair wage, something that they can like come to work off, they can live and like feed their families and come to work the next day off of. So um, I, I think, think you should run for office, Louis Swisher. What do you think, Casey? <laughs> um, I mean, I'd like to hear more about his platform, but I think he's got yeah. very solid yeah. fundamentals. So when, when Louis is talking about that idea of what, how, how you solve this restaurant problem, what is there anything you see, Casey, that's happening in tech that you think is going to solve it for these restaurants and, and stores also? Honestly, Kara, so many people are acting with this sense that everything is just going to be back to normal by the end of the summer. And I don't believe that that is the case. I don't believe that things are going to be back to normal by Christmas. And so... Do you, it, did you see that photo in the Wisconsin bar? I've seen the tweets about it, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, we and we know, like, but we believe in science. So we know what is going to happen when people start crowding into bars, right? Um you know, I think in San Francisco, even if you were to reopen restaurants, um, you know, with social distancing and stuff, one, a lot of people would still stay away. Um, and, uh, and, and as a result, I think a lot of those restaurants would close because the economics wouldn't work. Um, you know, one of the things that's really broken my heart, because, you know, I live in the Castro, is, uh, is this iconic bar, uh, Twin Peaks, um, has like a, a GoFundMe right now, uh, you know, asking for folks to help out to kind of keep it going while, while it's shut down. It, and it's an iconic bar. It's the first gay bar in the Castro that had its windows uh, open to the street so you could see who was inside. Same here in D.C. with Ben's Chili Bowl. Yeah, yeah. It's not a gay bar, mom. That's not a gay bar. No, it's not. But gay people go there. We yes, yes, we went there. Um, But but you know, so I'm looking at this GoFundMe, and of course, I you know, I think people should should contribute and and should support it. But I'm thinking, you think of how many iconic bars and restaurants are there in America, and how many of us can just support them being closed indefinitely for like the rest of this year. You know, it's just just so hard for me to imagine how many of these iconic spots are going to survive uh, what is to come. 
So that leaves us for this last topic, and then we're going to get to some fun stuff in the last section, which is opening up America, free America now. I wrote a column today about Elon Musk, and his mother got mad at me, even though it was the most mild of criticisms. And, of course, all the Elon lovers piled on, and then the Elon haters piled on. <laughs> so I'm right in the middle of a delightful Twitter experience today. Um, but what do you think about this open America now? Louie, what do you, what, you know, you're being very, like, let's let's— that's well, let's be safe. Science. Let's be let's smart. Because, right. you know, if we go out too early and we all get sick again, we're just going to have to go back into lockdown for even longer. So I'd rather do it right the first time than, you know, mess up and have to do it again. I think that, you know, we have to just remember that we have to stay healthy. And it's not just about you. It's about everyone around you. Yeah. Um, and but there's a big push. Look, Elon Musk is pushing the idea. No, it's that stupid. It's really stupid. We're not ready to go out. We don't have competent testing. We don't have competent health care. We don't have any treatments that really work. We don't have a vaccine. We can't go out and expose ourselves to this virus if we don't have any means to fight it or any knowledge of where it is. I think oh. it's important to stay inside and stay healthy, not just for wow. you, but for everyone around you. It's very intelligent. What did you think about uh, all the, the Trump uh, hearings? Have you watched any of them? I mean, the briefings. I me. tend to just ignore the man. Like, it's, I don't know. I should, probably shouldn't because he's the president, but I think if we all just ignored him and didn't listen to what he said, then he w- it would take a lot of power away from him. But, um oh. I, yeah, I do watch it because I just hear about it through other to the news or something. And he's just really mishandling this crisis. I really couldn't. With a lot of misinformation. So so in terms of opening now, you think it should be so. Casey, what do you think? I mean, how is tech handling this? They, they, they Twitter today, uh, yesterday, decided you don't have to ever go to work. Jack Dorsey's like forever. <laughs> Google and uh, Facebook say you, maybe you can come to work, but maybe not, whatever. They seem to be handling it well, all these tech companies in that regard, the big ones. Yeah, I mean, you know, these are jobs that can be done on laptops with Wi-Fi connections. It's not particularly important where the laptops and the Wi-Fi are, so they've been able to navigate this pretty well. Uh, you know, if you're Twitter, I think you see it as a recruiting opportunity and probably a way to hire more engineers who are of high quality, so maybe give them a bit of a competitive advantage. It is a really good question. Like, if you assume that we're going to be in rolling shutdowns or, and shelter-in-place orders for two years, um, how many people are going to get out of the Bay Area? It's going to be a good number of people, right? Because if you can, you know, make $100,000 um, a year, are you going to want to pay $2,500 or $3,000 a month in rent, you know, if all you need is a is a working Wi-Fi connection? So I do think we're going to see a bit of an exodus. Um, and I'm I'm wondering, you know, how, how long it's, it's going to last. I, I mean, this is, I mean, needless to say, we are in wild and unprecedented times here. All right. On that note, we're going to take a quick break and we get back and we talk about some fun things because this has turned really dark, <laughs> you two. I expect humor and la- laughter from you two. When we get back, we're going to talk about what's hot now in the tech space and what's coming and fun uh, when we return. Support for this podcast comes from Constant Contact. If you're a business owner, you already know that it's really, really hard to cut through the noise of everyday life. If you want to connect with your customers, you need to break through the noise. You need Constant Contact. Constant Contact is a marketing platform that makes it easy to reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and connect over email, text, social media, and more. Whether you're a marketing guru or just learning the ropes, Constant Contact offers writing assistance tools and automation features that make it simple to say the right thing at the right time. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Wow, that guy means business. Just an amazing player. No, not him, the sports photographer behind him. Uh, what? He has a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where he earns 5% annual percentage yield, so he's scoring big on and off the field. You might even say he's the MVB. MVB? The most valuable business. Making your money work harder. That's how you business differently. Intuit QuickBooks. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes are in APY. APY can change at any time. 
All right, we're back with Louis Swisher and Casey Newton. Okay, you guys are bumming me out with your safety and everything else because I want to free America now. I'm on Elon's. <laughs> yeah, but don't side. we all? Don't we all? No, we of just course do we do. Right. I literally saw that. I, I saw the picture of the people in Wisconsin, and I was marginally hating them for being so thoughtless and stupid. And there, many of them will probably die unnecessarily. And at the same time, I was like, I would like to be in that bar. So I think it's. I think everybody's feeling that way. Is mm-hmm. is people are had it with the quarantine kind of thing. Um, so let's talk about some fun things. So talk about one thing you think is cool in digital right now. Louis, you don't use TikTok, do you? I have an account, but I'm not a big user of it. I think the what creepiest you, thing why? was I was in Arizona when I downloaded uh-huh. the app, and the third TikTok I saw was about Arizona. And then I was like, whoa, that is terrifying. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't like this. Uh, but then I kept downloading it. Once they figure out what you like and they figure out like what you like to look at, they don't do a bad job. But TikTok is full of cringe and... A lot of things, but it's also, you know, a lot of people, so many people are using the app. You can't really avoid it. Instagram is now TikTok because it's just flooded with TikTok videos that have been posted over. So So what is that going to do to Instagram? Now you got mad when Instagram by Facebook came up, right? You were like, ugh, they put the name on it. Now I'm reminded it's Facebook. Anything Facebook, you and your friends are like, no, thank you. Yeah, we're not big fans of that. But you were using Instagram. Yeah, I mean, because we were using Instagram before Facebook bought it. That's why. I mean, it's, All right. Facebook could buy Snapchat and I'd still be using Snapchat. All right. So do you like Instagram or does Snapchat still the thing you love? It's fine. It's fine. Like, I don't really like Instagram. I, I like the social media sharing apps are just, they've, they haven't really changed much over the years. They definitely haven't changed over the pandemic, except for people posting like photos of them being like, I miss the beach or something like that. Or just people right. posting pictures of them and their friends not being socially distanced and then the ensuing chaos that comes from a post like that. But <laughs> What happens? Everyone goes, oh, people what get do pissed. Do? That's what it yeah. is. But like, I, I, can, I can understand both sides. People want to see their friends, but also you're being a little selfish, you know? Right, right. And so you don't you don't use Instagram as much. You use Snapchat all the time. I do, yeah. It's the main way of talking to people. I use Snapchat and text. It's, it's nice to be able to talk to people and see their face in like Right, so, so like and this. you're very adept with that. Now, Snapchat's shares are up like crazy. Casey, explain it, Mr. Social Media Expert. Explain what? Snapchat. It's been, do- the sock has been soaring. It's been doing well, or do you not think that's the case? You made a face. Yeah, I mean, making a face. it's been doing well for exactly the reason that Louis said, which is that, you know, he's home from school and this is how all of his friends are staying in touch. So that's been good for them. At the same time, it's an app that makes money by selling ads and the ad market is really hurting. So I think that piece of it is hard for them. So, you know, how do they square that circle remains to be seen. Also, like, how much does that make it harder for them to innovate, to build hardware, which is really capital intensive? Like, you know, I think they're definitely still in a in a tough place, but they're benefiting from the fact that, you know, a lot of kids sitting around at home with not much else to do. How do you feel about TikTok right now? So I'm a, uh, I am should say, I have been consistently wrong about basically every opinion I've ever had about TikTok. <laughs> like, I thought it wasn't going to get that big. Then it got really big. I thought it was going to flame out overnight. It did not flame out overnight. Uh, you know, I, I thought it's kind of big moment in the sun was going to be over really soon. And instead, it is only, you know, continue to get more powerful. Um, earlier this year, like around January, it seemed like the U.S. government might force it to be sold off over security fears because it, its parent company, uh, ByteDance, is based in China. Uh, that has gone absolutely nowhere. So, you know, TikTok has proven to be really resilient in a way that has surprised me. Um, and, and I will say that it is 100% better at a thing that Instagram has been trying to get good at forever, which is um, like discovery, right? Instagram has this explore page. You go to it, it shows you a bunch of Instagram stuff. That never look follow. at that. I no, never it, look I, at that. They have redesigned it 20 times and it has never gotten 1% better. I told Instagram executives earlier this year that the Explore page should just be like essentially TikTok. You open it up, it shows you one thing. It's based on machine learning. You know, you can share it directly to your story from there. I I honestly assume that that's what they will do and the Instagram Explore page will just one day be TikTok and that is how they will beat TikTok in the end. Beat TikTok in the end. You think beat TikTok. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, TikTok might still stick around and it might still succeed in the same way that Snapchat has managed to fend off Instagram to some degree, but I I'm confident that I mean, like Louis said, what is Instagram right now? It's full of TikToks. So Facebook is very good at figuring out. Okay, what is the thing that made you share a TikTok? Like we can do that, and they're going to figure that out. See, but I think TikTok a lot of it is based on creativity, just no, like Snapchat not. is. 
It isn't. No, it's just people well, copying each other's trends and like. <laughs> yeah, but, it's, but they don't do that on Instagram. They I mean, because you can't like, do the same. It's like it's also about like TikTok has an element of like making videos to it about like right. just cre- creating your own content and like there's more of an ability to do that. There's more like effects you can put into your videos and um, Instagram just doesn't have that. You can put a filter on. You can tag someone, but you can't really like you can. People like have made close to I've seen like close to movies on TikTok like, or like not movies but like short videos yeah, that have yeah, like a we, lot of effects. We just that you we just interviewed Sarah Cooper. A lot of creators like it a lot. I mean, Sarah Cooper was are doing are doing these Trump. She's doing these Trump. Oh, you uh, love those, mom. I love them. I love Sarah Cooper. She used to work for Google. That's why. Um, but I think but what I'm saying, I see much more creative stuff. And I when I look at it, it's always a TikTok and it's never an Instagram. No, it's not. Yeah. All right. What other cool thing do you like? Uh, Casey, what do you think? Another cool thing that I like, uh, well, besides the Squadcast app that lets me see yes. the faces of the people that I'm talking to, uh, that's yeah. obviously a lot of fun. You know, for me, um, video games have been making a comeback. Uh, so okay. I've been playing some fun games on my Nintendo Switch. Uh, like on what? My, on my PlayStation 4. Um, Alex so- wants one of those. Should I get one? Um, I yeah. think the Nintendo Switch is is really a lot of fun. Um, the uh, the Animal no, Crossing Louis game is no, like probably the most second. popular. Oh, oh. <laughs> okay. We have Apparently, one. Oh, you already okay. have one. So all right, I don't have one. Okay, all right, yeah. go ahead. Um, so Animal Crossing is the big hit game on, on Nintendo right now. It's like kind of a, a huge piece of the the culture. It's just kind of a series of uh, fake virtual chores to do every day, but it's very calming and soothing, and so people are going crazy for I that. I played that on the DS like a long time ago, like the old Animal yeah. Crossing. I got bored by it. I could not follow along with it. Has it like changed up a lot or has it gotten fun um, now? It's like very social. You can visit other people's islands and, you know, check out the things that they've built and trade with them and, and that sort of thing. But, you know, Kara, the other thing that you should know, because I think you would be excited by this because I do live in a house that you own, is uh, I've been cooking and baking up a storm. That that kitchen has never gotten more use. I'm oh, taking fantastic. such loving care of it. I, <laughs> right, I sous vide chicken for the first time. It was great. That's Amazing. very exciting. Amazing. Yeah. That's good because Louie Louis can come and help you learn That's right. more, more techniques. Um, but you like games. Louie, have you been playing a lot of games? Yeah, I've been playing I've been playing video games. What have you been playing? I've been playing, you wouldn't know these. I've been playing uh, Call of Duty Warzone recently, um, Battlefield 1, just video games like I used to play. And I'm, you are 18. I'm not really so. the biggest video game guy. I kind of fell out of that trend at the beginning of high school or like right. around middle school. But, um, you know, with nothing else to do, it's fun to just like hop online and play with your friends. you're doing a lot of videos. Your brother does a ton of videos. Now he's all, she's like, he's like doing a lot of John Oliver, like a ton That's of me. John Oliver. That's me. I love John no, Oliver. No, also him. He's doing it a ton too. Yeah, he'll sometimes things. just like mention a piece that he's done and like try to pretend like he's the expert on it. But I've already <laughs> watched that piece three times. So I know. Right, but you're using exactly YouTube and a lot of streaming a lot. So how do you, I'm going to finish up on that streaming. How do you how do you think about streaming? We watched a movie last. We watched Nine to Five. Casey, Great movie. I'd never wow. seen it before. That's, that's a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah, we're gonna do family movie night because we need to show Louis some films. He didn't want to watch Top Gun, which is a huge oh, disappointment wow. to me. That's um, Nine to Five looked better. I know, but Top Gun is a Top Gun is a classic. We're gonna be watching it. But what? Do you, how do you look at the streaming wars, Casey? This, um, you know, we got Disney, we got Quibi, which doesn't yeah. seem to have caught on. Oh, Quibi sucks. It I does. see their ads. Okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> thank so you. <laughs> I, I went from thinking like, oh, there's there's too much streaming content. These services can't survive to um, feeling like, hey, it's all fine. You know, at some point, depending on how long this lasts, I might get to it eventually, right? Like I might right, actually right. rewatch The Wire. Like who knows, you know? So the more streaming services, the merrier. I might, I might even get along to, uh, to Quibi someday. Like we'll just have to see. We'll have to see. So, but you feel these are going to be big deals. These have become big deals. And the I mean, numbers for, are up I in mean, Netflix. I mean, look at how, like, Disney Plus got to, what, 60 million subscribers in, like, four or five months or something insane. Like, the appetite right. for streaming services is still growing. So, end of movie theaters. I, that actually, I do. I mean, I think you're going to see something like the Alamo Drafthouse survive, like, these kind of small boutique chains that really love movies and are right. kind of, like, shrines for, like, worshiping right. at the altar of movies. But the AMCs, the Centuries, like, they seem like they're food. screwed. Yeah, and they're, oh, Amazon is allegedly looking at them to buy them, just as they did Whole Foods. I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a lot it's of real estate. It's only four hundred million dollars. Four hundred million dollars. Yeah, it's. 
I don't know. Have you thought to yourself once during the past like three months, like, man, I really miss going to the movies? Like, I do. Okay. I'm no. the only one. I wanted to see. I wanted to see Top Gun two in the movie theater. I want to see Wonder Woman in the movie theater. There yeah. were a couple of summer movies. I was very excited to plan an <laughs> evening around. Louis, of course, is always like, whenever I say come to the movies, he's like, no. So how do you feel about movie theaters, Lou? I don't like movie theaters. I don't really like, I've never really been the biggest fan of them. Um, Why? I don't know. I mean, it's cool looking at a big screen eating like junky popcorn, but like I could do that. Like you could just do that at home. I can't pause the movie when I go to the bathroom. There's just a lot more benefits, I think, of watching a movie at home. And now that it's all available to watch at home, it's easier. I remember when I was younger, I used to like count down the days till a movie that I missed in theaters would come out on like DVD or... um, Maybe to Netflix, maybe. But I think that like nowadays with everything just transitioning over so fast, um, like it just it doesn't really matter. Like I'd, I'd wait like two weeks. I used to have to wait like four months. All right. And then which is your favorite of all of them, of those streaming platforms? Casey and Louie. I still probably spend more time on Netflix than any of them, but Hulu is a kind of dark horse that I've been spending more time on. There's like more good stuff on Hulu than people realize. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, Hulu with the HBO expansion is where you need to go. That is just fantastic. I've been watching The Sopranos. I've been watching Game of Thrones. Um, I'll probably watch The Wire, but like you should. It's great. Hulu. I think Netflix always has a bunch of stuff that you could just watch. I watched an episode of the show called Outer Banks, and oh, it's just so predictable. It's not like it's it's like it's a it's like a teen binge worthy show, but. I, I didn't really like it. But Netflix has a lot of shows. Oh, it has so much content. Some... I was a huge fan of Tiger King when that came out. That was great. <laughs> right, every, as was everybody. As was, but you, you, you also watch Game of Thrones with your girlfriend, right? You watch it together and then you discuss it. Yeah, right? yeah. We watch it. We FaceTime and we watch it together. But um, there's like a really that? good thing called Netflix Party where you can watch like the same Netflix show on just like the same site. It's like almost like a, sh- a shared screen of Netflix. Uh-huh. Um, Hulu needs to get something like that. But um, I think there's like a lot of things like that that are, you know, making life a little bit easier. Oh, that's interesting. Casey, should we share a movie? Yeah, I think that would be fun. You know, there's that like watch party app where everyone can like watch the same Netflix movie at the same time or something. Right. There's all kinds of things like that. All right. I want to finish up by the last thing. Louis is turning 18. I want to talk about this election. Louis, do you feel like you're informed enough? This is going to be a digital election. Joe Biden is in the basement and seems to be staying there, which seems to be a good strategy, actually. He's up. Um, and yeah, he's in the basement nothing. right next to the area. He's, he's in his basement, just like, you know, sharing his worldview to everybody. I think it's, yes, exactly. it's, it's really, it's really interesting just to like watch him. Like, you know, it's, it's interesting watching this campaign completely transition from like in-person rallies. Like, I wonder what's going to happen with the RNC and DNC. Um, I yeah. heard there might still be an RNC, right? Yes. There, yes. I might be going and I'm going to have to, they're going to kill Please me. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm going to have the COVID idiots kill me. Um, <laughs> Well, they're not, they're not all idiots, but, um, okay. Do you say so? Well, I don't think so. Gathering in a large gathering with lots of people in a sweaty place sounds like a bad idea, but oh, it does. It's like case. the worst idea. Um, I think this is going to be a really, really interesting election and I just hope states. So where are you getting your information? I get my information from the New York times, from CNN, from not, well, sometimes from MSNBC. Um, I also listen to Fox news just so I can hear what they're up to. You know, I think it's important to take in, you know, a varied diet of of media to just to make sure you're not you're listening. Especially, fooled? what are you worried about getting fooled? I just getting fooled. No, with- I don't think I'm getting fooled. Um, I think I have a pretty good, you know, bullshit detector. But at the same time, in this day and age, anybody can. Uh, I think like, I'm very I'm very careful where my news comes from. If it doesn't come from the direct company or the source, like CNN, New York Times, I don't like trust it. If it's the secondhand. Right. Providence, it's called the providence of things. Where is it coming from? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's just I, the thing that's most interesting to me about this election is how the actual election day is going to go down. How states are going to be able to get their, you know, get their shit together to make sure that mail-in voting is available to everyone, um, and to make sure that they're able to take in that much of an influx. Well, I'll tell you, you and I are going to go down and vote. That's what we're going to. Well, do. I don't think there's going to be much voting in person, Mom. Frankly, yes, there is. Oh no, it happened in Wisconsin. It happened. I think. There yeah, will but be it happened. Yeah, but mm, I think, think uh, it disenfranchises a lot two. of people, and I it think does. that states need to make sure that they have like a mail-in Agreed. voting system in place. And to do that, they also need to make sure that the United States Postal Service is 
properly funded and ready to manage yes. something like that. So that is there's a lot very, of issues that need to be fixed come November. There's a lot of issues. All right, Casey, I'm going to end with you because you should take a lap around a uh, victory lap in terms of the uh, uh, the content reporting you did, content moderation. I want to get your last last thing. I'd like your insights on Facebook content moderation, the settlement, and also the new content board, the Supreme Court of Content. Yeah, so um, I wrote a bunch of stories last year about Facebook's moderators who make very little money to make the internet safe for all of us to use. And as a result, a bunch of them get PTSD. And there was a lawsuit filed. And this week, Facebook reached a settlement of $52 million. Every moderator in North America is going to get a payment of at least $1,000. And some of them can get damages up to $50,000, at least in theory, depending on how many people claim the money. Um, So it's really a landmark settlement because it is a vindication of the idea that being a content moderator can cause you mental illness. And we need to understand that the people that we're asking to do this work are effectively first responders, and we yeah. need to treat them like the, you know with the same amount of care and respect that we treat uh, police officers and paramedics. So, so it, did it was they get a really enough? big victory did they for get them. Enough? Is it well, enough so, money? I mean, I'll tell you Seems as somebody small. who has not covered a lot of class action lawsuits, even when you know that the lawyers' fees are huge, the lawyers took a third of the money in this case. Okay, so they took $17 million. So the $52 million settlement is actually $35 million for the moderators. Right. Yeah. And then how much do they get? Uh, who, the lawyers? The, uh, the moderators. Oh, so the moderators will get $1,000 a piece uh, plus up to $50,000 in, in damages depending on uh, the severity of their condition. Severity of their condition. Do you think that's fair? And do you think it's, again, like a parking ticket for Facebook? I, cost um, of doing business. You know, how do you put a price tag on getting PTSD from a job? Like, I have no idea, you know, what what would be fair. Um, what I've said for a long time is I think these folks should be paid, uh, you know, more, more along the lines of a firefighter or a police officer than uh, somebody making minimum wage. You know, a lot of them were making $15 an hour when I started reporting the story. So they, they need to be paid better and they need support after they leave the job, right? If you get PTSD on the job, I believe the employer has a moral obligation to pay for your treatment after you leave. So that's what I'd like to see. All right. And do you think they're doing, what do you think about the content board? So, you know, a lot of people are dunking on this and saying like, oh, it's so stupid. It'll never work. Like I'm somebody who believes in institutions and I think we need institutions to, to protect us. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to wait and see. They're starting very small. The only cases they're going to hear are cases where something was taken down that you think was taken down in error. So the only mm-hmm. immediate effect of this is going to to be to restore more speech to the internet. I, I don't see that going too badly. I think the bigger question is how far can they expand that? How how fast and how effectively can they intervene to stop the spread of bad content? And we're not gonna know that for more than a year. We're not gonna know that. But you don't think it's too big and unwieldy, you know, like a Look, UN. Here's I call the important it the UN. Thing. Like we like you and me spend all day complaining that the tech companies are too powerful. And so Facebook came along and they said, okay, we're gonna create an independent body and we're gonna give it $130 million and we are going to give some of our power away to it. Now, yes, it's not legally binding. Yes, they could try to get around it. But, you know, I've talked to Facebook executives. They are very excited to have someone else making these decisions. And, uh, you know, in the positive case, this becomes something akin to a system of justice for platforms that desperately need one. So I'm just choosing to be optimistic about this one small thing on Earth. I like your optimism. I I like your optimism, but the fact of the matter is I think the system is the problem. And so it's like defending private prisons. It's like prisons are the problem. Like the private prisons are the problem. Like the whole construct. And so I think the construct is a problem and it offloads responsibility that they should be, the board should be doing, that they should be doing. And it's, it, Wait, I but, do, but let's I, zoom in on that. So what you're saying is that you would, at the end of the day, you would rather on a really difficult decision, a question of content moderation, you would rather that Mark Zuckerberg make that decision personally than the oversight I would board. Because like those are your company, two choices. Yes, I know I'd rather that. have I would a group like, of individuals making that board than the Zuck. Uh, I would like them to run their business. Lots of businesses face all kinds of moral choices, and they have the guts to make these decisions, and the, and the flack you get from making them. So, yes, I would I would like them not to be so big. I think that's the real issue is now Facebook that, is so I'm big and so that they're so big and influential. It's hard. There's no other voices. And so that's it. You've never seen – someone was telling me the other day, there's, I was talking about, you know, oh, I think it was John Meacham talking about the powerful people in history, and he said no one's been as powerful as Mark Zuckerberg, not Carnegie, not Rockefeller, not because he controls the information. That is absolutely true. But I do think these companies have a responsibility not to offload their own decision-making 
to others. And I, I especially, you know, I was sort of struck by that Peter Thiel quote about if you want to get things done, keep a small board. If you don't want to get anything done, keep a large group of people. And I think it's a lot of people, 40 people. And I know they're going to be split up in groups of five and things like that. But I, I, look, I'm hoping for the best. And I think the people they hired, they're all former fantastics. You know what I mean? But even that was sort of like a lot of people with a lot of time on their hands to do. Like, I, I, if they can really get, there was not a crank on that thing. There wasn't a loudmouth. There wasn't someone who could cause trouble. And that, that, that's my problem with it. I would like, I, of course, I'm sort of still butthurt that I didn't get selected myself. <laughs> yeah, now we're getting to the real issue here. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be so good. I'd be such an irritant. There's still 20 spots left on the board. You know, the dream is not dead. Yeah, I'm not, I'm waiting by the phone, Casey, yeah. and stuff like that. All right, you guys, I really appreciate all the wonderful insights you have given. I love your relationship with each other. I think it's <laughs> lovely. And Casey, we cannot wait to see you in actual person because we have such a lovely time with each other. I and we know, miss you terribly. I miss you guys, you I miss this you guys is so only, much. Uh, this is only an online thing. It's kind of nice. It's work. Squadcast is nice, isn't it? It works yeah. really nice. But it's really, we really appreciate all your insights. For anyone who is, anyone, you should be listening and reading uh, Casey Newton. He has a newsletter, which we're going to talk about in a second uh, when we get into the the, the, the readout. Um, but, and Louis is going to be a student, a college student going forward. Tomorrow he becomes a man, as you know. And so I'm really proud of you, Louis, for all your amazing uh, accomplishments and also your insights, you, which Mom. I think you don't realize quite how mature you are compared to others, including lots and lots and lots of adults, as Casey and I know. Correct, That's Casey? Right. That's right. I would That's put right. Louis in charge of any number of tech companies today. I w- please I don't. <laughs> please don't. I have no clue how to do that. <laughs> I think you do just as well. Trust me. I think you do just, I think you're 100% more mature than most of them. Anyway, thank you, Casey and Louie, for coming on the show. You can follow me on Twitter at Kara Swisher. My executive producer, Erica Anderson, is at Erica America. My producer, Eric Johnson, is at Hey Hey ESJ. Casey, where can people find you online? I am at Casey Newton on Twitter, and my newsletter, The Interface, is at theverge.com slash interface. Please sign up. It's free. Please. It's really good, and it's really good. And Louie, do, do you want anyone to find you online? No, they can no. try. They can try. <laughs> I put beautiful photos of him up, and he looks handsome and wonderful. Anyway, if you I like... sometimes you really just bag me, Mom. I'm going to be honest. No, sometimes you just put bag the you. absolute worst photo of me up. No, I don't. Listen. And I'm like, listen, there's Louis, like five photos, so... and I'm like, no, not that one. And it is that no, one. No, no, you're has wrong. Been my life. when I put up the... That has no, been my no, life for the past no, 18 no, years. No, you look good. You look good. Let me just tell you, the pictures I just put up of you doing pasta, everyone's like, who is that hunk of a man? Is that really, is and, that really what they're saying? Yes. Okay. That's really what they're saying. And I was like, stay away, that's my son. Anyway, <laughs> if you like this episode, we'd really appreciate it if you shared it with a friend. And make sure to check out our other podcasts, Pivot, Reset, Recode Media, and Land of the Giants. Just search them in your podcasting app of choice or tap a link in the show notes. Thanks also to our editor, Joel Rabe. Special thanks to Squadcast.fm. Thank you for listening to this episode of Recode Decode. I'll be back here on Wednesday. Tune in then. Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right. $25 a month? Every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just Visible. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com.